the pilot, a middle-aged man of stately bearing and impressive physical stature, the platonic form of pilot, really, came to the back of the plane and in commanding voice informed us of the plan. The runways in Paris are pretty long, so we should be able to slow down in time. Hi, this is Brother Nicholas Romeo, and you're listening to The Friable Friar, a limited series from the Franciscan Friars Conventual, focused on the critical Catholic question of vocational discernment. In this first episode, we'll be tackling the thorny concept of God's plan. But first, back to that airplane. It was Holy Week, and I was chaperoning a group of high school boys on its way to tour Paris and Madrid. The first leg of the trip from Buffalo to Philadelphia went smoothly. After some time for personal relief, we rendezvoused at our gate in Philly's airport, the boys carrying what looked like relief supplies for a small village, the adults festooned with well-intentioned folders of paperwork and kegs of coffee. Thick in the air hung the palpable sense of the exciting spirit of adventure, along with the potpourri of body spray and unwashed socks that is the branded cologne of any gaggle of adolescent guys. When the time, like the body odor, was ripe, we stromped the boys onto the plane, past the smiling nods from those passengers relieved to see the seats nearest them were already filled, past a group of girls of whose proximity I duly made myself aware, until we arrived at our section, the countenances of nearby airplane neighbors wearing an expression I imagine marked the face of Jesus as he wondered why he'd been forsaken by the Lord. The chaperones strategically arranged ourselves as the boys made nest before settling into whatever the latest card craze was at the time. I joined in the game, not so much for enjoyment as to remind the guys by my presence that their money should stay tucked away in their wallets. After several rounds, I took note of the fact that we remained at gate, though the boarding process had long ago come to an end. The boys, as a rule generally oblivious to how anything works, continued their game. The chaperones, eyeing one another, knew something was awry. After several minutes, as the sense of confusion and unease began to diffuse throughout the cabin, a flight attendant gave us an update. There was some kind of fluid leaking from the plane. Probably nothing. Probably nothing. Unless a rogue baggage agent was gleefully taking a link off the wing, how could this be nothing? I checked out the windows. No rogue agent. An hour went by. Then a second. Shortly into the third hour of just sitting at the gate, a sudden hush came over the crowd and coach, cascading its way to the back section that I was fast coming to terms with as the place where I'd die. It was the pilot. The pilot of the plane was standing at the front of coach. He was poised and even seemed cheerful. He made some sidewise cracks to the flight attendants before addressing we passengers. The leaking fluid, it turned out, was from the brakes 
so he wouldn't be able to engage the plane's braking system upon landing. It's not as bad as it sounds, though, he said with a lighthearted lilt in his voice. The runway in Paris is pretty long, so we should be able to slow down in time. I laughed, as did a few other sardonic passengers. I felt an instant bond with them. The pilot, however, did not. He just told us he'd keep us updated before returning toward the cockpit. Is he serious? I asked the closest flight attendant. We should be able to slow down in time? That's the plan? What's the plan? In my years doing ministry with young men, that was a frequently encountered faith question. What's God's plan? In the classroom, in one-on-one counseling sessions, at large youth conferences, everybody seemed keenly interested in what God's plan was, especially his plan for their lives in particular. It was, more often than not, a question of vocation, a word which comes from the Latin meaning to call. How is God calling me? What is God's call in my life? How do I know it? How do I respond to it? And what if I get it wrong? I've run across a good number of perspectives on the topic of God's plan, some intriguing, some comical, some downright scary. The perspective I've overheard most often, especially in the context of larger conferences and presentations by well-heeled Catholic speakers, is that God's plan is nothing less than a blueprint for our lives, that God has a clear design for what we're supposed to do, sometimes down to the minutest of details. Your dog died? It's all part of God's blueprint. Aunt Jacinta got cancer? Blueprint. You're pooping your brains out after eating from that seedy-looking burrito truck? Blueprint. Our job, then, in this model is twofold. On the one hand, we need to do everything we can to figure out the blueprint so that we can make sure we're doing everything God wants us to do exactly as he wants us to do it. On the other hand, we have to approach life with an everything-happens-for-a-reason attitude that searches for God's wise but baffling intentions amidst some of life's darkest moments. Aside from being merely, well, frankly, stupid, this perspective is decidedly less than Catholic, smacking as it does of a Calvinist air of predestination. God's plan for each of us is holiness. That's what he wants. That's his design. And that's as far as it goes. God's plan is for us to become holy. How we go about doing that, how we draw our own blueprint of holiness, is up to us. Now don't get me wrong. This isn't some postmodern delusion where we are the ones responsible for crafting the nature of our own personalized reality. Nor is it to suggest that God is aloof or disinterested in our decision-making. Certainly, God cares a great deal and is deeply invested in how we travel the road to holiness. But God doesn't inflict his will on us. Think about your decision about where you were going to go to college. It's a big decision, and it's ultimately yours to make. 
but only the most foolish of clowns makes that decision in a vacuum. You check in with the people who know you the best, so you ask your parents. You have an earnest conversation with your closest friends. You confide in a trusted mentor. And these folks, if they're not monsters, offer their honest viewpoint. Based on what I know about you, here's what I think might be the best choice for you. That's what we should be doing with God. God, I have this big decision to make, and I'm trying to make it well. You know me better than anybody. You created me. What should I do? And God, like a good parent, like a good friend, a good mentor, finds a way to let us know his thoughts on the subject. And of course, God's view on the matter is one we should probably take pretty seriously. But he doesn't impose his view on us. He gave us the intellect and will necessary to make free choices, and he expects us to make good use of these. We're responsible for piloting our own lives, and we're responsible for developing the plan that best permits our lives to get off the ground or come in for a safe landing. So the question of vocation isn't, God, what's your plan? What do you want me to do? Rather, it's, God, how can I best become holy? What's my clearest path toward a life of holiness? But what exactly is holiness? And what about that Paris runway?